As any fan will tell you, science fiction isn't about the future. It's about now. Sometimes the metaphor is more obvious than other times. Another Britain. One where 40 years ago a spacecraft crashed into the North Sea carrying human-like aliens. Now, after the culture shock and possibilities, those visitors and their descendants are forced to live in a walled ghetto regarded with fear and disdain by the indigenous population. This is the setup for the aliens, and it's where we arrive to talk about very British futures. Hello, and welcome to a brand new season of Very British Futures. It's a pleasure to be back making this podcast again, and we have plenty of programmes to talk about in this second season. I'm Gareth Preston, and this time I'm joined by two of the free hosts of the highly recommended Tripods cast. Rebecca Ray is an old friend of this podcast, having previously discussed Knights of God, Star Maidens, Star Cops and Outcasts. Danny Ray, on the other hand, is making her debut. So, welcome to the podcast. Hi. Hello. How are you feeling? Oh, good. Thanks for asking me back, Gareth. Glad you're not sick of hearing me from me. <laughs> and thank you for inviting me. Always a pleasure. I was a big fan of Tripods cast. It was a really slick production and... Always Thank you. In, yeah, always enjoyed your conversations, so Aww. it's great to have you along. Thank you very much. The Aliens was first broadcast on E4 in 2016 and ran for one season of six episodes. Channel 4 had recently had a popular and critical success with their robot drama, Humans, and had hopes that this new series would continue the trend, promoting it with a viral campaign amongst other E4 adverts. Written and created by Finton Ryan, who'd previously written episodes of In the Flesh and Hustle, amongst other dramas, it was produced by Clerkenwell Films, who were then best known as the makers of another Channel 4 fantasy series, Misfits. Filmed at the new Boyana Studios in Bulgaria, popular with makers of urban action films, and starring Michael Socher, Michaela Cole, Jim Howick and Michael Smiley. As ever, a warning that our conversation is going to include spoilers. So, Rebecca, would you like to sum up the, the story of the aliens? Lewis Garvey is a Border Patrol guard at Troy, a walled ghetto built to keep in aliens who landed here 40 years ago. Trouble starts when Lewis's drug-dealing sister gets in trouble with an alien fur deal gone wrong, and Lewis has to cross the border where he encounters his dream cam girl, Lily Hot, and secrets are revealed. What did we think of the aliens overall? I shall start with Danny. I really enjoyed it. I, I found I quite liked the comparisons that you could get to essentially racism because obviously the aliens don't look any different than humans. There's nothing really that differentiates them, not by sight alone anyway, and yet they were treated so 
horrible. Mm. Like, I don't like how I was going to say they're a less than species, but yeah, that's what they were trapped like. like they, were, they were less than the humans, even though there's nothing really saying why they would be. But I liked, I liked that comparison to, to today's kind of world. Yeah. And, and that, yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I got into it by episode four. I was like, "Yep, this is clicking now." It's. I think that's the turning point at the end of. Is it episode three when? Uh, or is it Lewis meets Antoine and they get together at the pub? I think that's a turning point in the show when it really kicks up and becomes like, "Yeah, this is really good now. I want to see more." Mm. And I was quite sad actually by the end that it was cancelled. Um, and it's a shame. I think it mustn't have been marketed very well. I mean, none of us watched it at the time. This is my first time watching it because at the time it was just. Oh, the promotion was a bit off-putting. Mm, yeah, I was in a similar boat. I was kind of aware of it that it was mm. happening, and I think part of me think, "Oh, I'll try and catch that." And then there yeah. was too many shows on at the time, and plus, as is often the way, if I don't hear any kind of buzz about an episode, about a series, you forget about it. Tend to assume the worst, really. And in mm. the case of the aliens, it seemed to come and go without leaving much of a ripple, really. Mm. Which uh, which is one of the reasons I thought it'd be interesting to talk about it in uh, this show. Yeah. Uh, my main track is, and we'll get onto this in the show, is that uh, for a show that's called The Aliens, it doesn't really exploit its kind of unique selling point very much. It mm. feels very much like Shameless. And that's kind of a problem because we already have a shameless on the schedules this one feels very much uh, like almost a clone show to that so it's the same problem as outcasts really almost like it's a shame to be sci-fi it wanted to be all down with the kids and with all the drugs and the sort of the swearing and the drinking there was a lot of drugs this is a very much a channel for sci-fi it is so full of the usual clichés of drugs sex, violence, swear. I think that's another reason why I didn't watch it at the time because I was kind of like, I'm bored of this now. It looks like Misfits and we've had Misfits. I'll be honest, I don't remember any of the viral campaign. I don't remember any promotion for this show. Like, I know about it after the fact. I couldn't have told you at the time they were going to be making this new series. So that's probably another reason why it didn't do well because as an average viewer, I had no idea about it. In some ways, there's, there's sort of there's room for a series that's. It sounds a bit cliche to say it's coming from the streets. There's an interesting interview with Mayor Michaela Cole I read, uh, where she said that one of the things that attracted her to doing this was that it wasn't, in her words, about posh people fighting demons, which I take I think was a bit of a Harry Potter sort of a reference. So like Misfits before it, it, it's got that kind of quite gnarly and very British. I think that's something else mm. I like about it. It has a very British sense of humour and it can be quite funny. It's quite a, quite a, a misanthropic show. I'm interested in what you think in terms of the characters is in that it's hard to find anybody really to root for. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of unlikable people in this show. I mean, even Lewis, the main character, at the beginning, he's not... He changes, though, doesn't he? Because at first he's very prejudiced against the aliens, which they call Morks, and he does find out he's half alien and starts... But he's still even difficult at first then, even not wanting to engage with 
uh, Dominica wants to be his friend, uh, an alien working at the border. And I quite like that, though. I like that the characters, I, I'm going to say, it, it's, it's got that gritty realism about it. Like, it, like Michaela said, that it wasn't just like posh people fighting demons. I feel like that's exactly what it is. It's, it's real life working class people who have been brought up thinking certain things. They're not going to just change overnight. It will no. take time. I like that it, it it deals with that. I like that, you know, he's still struggling. Even by, like, episode five and six, he's still struggling with that thought process. Yes. Um, and, like, even when his sister um, is, like, when she... Like, it's episode five or six when she's, like, being arrested. And she's just like, well, I'm not going to let him know about, you know, about you. But she's still saying it in quite a derogatory way about how he's half alien, half... Mm human yeah well she started coming around because when she got off the drug she said it was like she was seeing clearly for the first time say working with the aliens and saying they're not actually that bad and then the dad flips off at her and goes off on this racist xenophobic rant and mm. and then yeah then she, it cuts back to her being with the person that she said that the alien that she mentioned wasn't that bad and distancing herself from her and i think yeah. I, I i like the realism that people these people are they're seeing they're, they're trying to be better and that's one thing i do like about lewis he's constantly trying to be better he's in a bad situation he's in he's in a family that's you know that are struggling financially and they're in this crappy kind of existence but he's still trying to better himself and his family he's trying to better his sister who's a drug addict he's trying to do the best he might not be successful at it but his heart's in the right place it shows us no easy answers and it kind of resists any kind of packed sort of solutions or ending probably one of the best examples of that is uh, the character of Truss who's a, a co-worker of Lewis's and he's a real nasty piece of work yeah absolute mm. bigot who enjoys torturing and uh, belittling the aliens at any opportunity and then he ends up on the run as a fugitive within Troy yeah. Now, I think a lot of dramas, particularly I think American dramas, would have gone down the route of this experience changes him and he learns to, to some, if not have a complete 180 degree change, then at least kind of appreciate that uh, humans and aliens are a lot more similar than he fought. But it doesn't, and he remains an absolutely dyed-in-the-wool racist right up to the end. Yeah. So even when he's dying... And trying to find ways to blackmail uh, Lewis as well. Mm. Screw him over with the secret recordings, even after they'd been through all that and Lewis had tried to save him. In fact, he makes, I thought, and this is a good example of you give villains good arguments, which I think is always a good rule for writing in that uh, at one point after his latest kind of round of insults towards Lewis and Dominic says hey you know this, that guy just saved your life he says no he didn't save it he didn't want to see me get shot in front of him which I thought was actually quite a perceptive uh, comment on Lewis I think one of Lewis's big problems is that he keeps vacillating he's uh, he does like a like the uh, pub uh, going to the pub with Antoine and suddenly he's all into it and the next day he's like saying to Antoine I want to get work for you and the guy's like you know you're not ready for any of this mm. it's like why is this this sudden flip going on That's it, it was very quick to change 
That's it. He's it, it, if he doesn't sound pretentious, he is somewhat like Hamlet in this, in that he never really commits himself mm. to any particular course of action throughout it. He instead he keeps making these very emotional snap decisions uh, rather than sticking to something, and consequently. There's a good argument that's saying that he causes a lot of the pain to other characters all around him. Well, I think it's partly to do with Lily Hotz. Because um, she's this cam girl who he's fancying and he keeps paying to see her take her clothes off every night. And, of course, she's an alien, but he doesn't know that first. And then everything she does, she's con- she's like a double agent almost. She's She's always playing both sides, but it's all to her own ends and wanting to... She's wanting to climb up the ladder, and she does say at one point she's a product of Troy, and I agree with that. She's le- she's someone who's had to learn to survive and get by, but it makes her again difficult to like as well because she's doing all these things and seems like one minute she's on someone's side, then she's on another, betraying you. Is she betraying you? She playing clever games, and you're never quite sure what, what to think of Lily Hotz, and that's mm. messing with Lewis's head as well because he's totally in love with her. But then mm. she does things that are terrible to him. I, I'm gonna might be controversial. I really like her as a character. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that she's playing all these people. Her best way of surviving is coming out on top, and her best way of doing it is to play people against each other for her gain. Mm. She's looked at the game. She's looked at the system. And she knows how to play it, and she's not apologetic. She's no. very much. Do you know what? Everyone's out for themselves. So am I. And I don't blame her in one little iota because she's wanting to better herself and that's the only way in that system and in that world she can do it. Yes, it's not very nice. Mm. Yes, she's, she's you know, being very selfish, but it's a dog-eat-dog world. And she's she's out there going, no, nah, I don't care. I'm, I need to better myself. Because if I don't, someone will r- walk all over me. And I think it's quite... I like the fact that she's a very strong female character doing that in such a mm. wild classes. Even even in the aliens world, a very male dominated world. She's a femme fatale. Yeah, and I love it. I just think good on you because you're doing what you can in your situation and your circumstances. Because mm. they have no access to education. Trapped in Troy, they have no access to things like education or job centres or anything to better themselves. And they kind of they are ghettoized. Mm, yeah, I think she is a classic femme fatale, straight out of uh, 40s noir mm. kind of films. And uh, it's she's very independent. Very independent. She's probably the best character. And mm-hmm. you never, right up to the end, are, you can never quite trust it. You can never know if she has, in fact, often turns out she does have another game going on behind the one that she seems to be playing. Yeah. Uh, in fact, that it comes a bit of a shock when a couple of times it seems she doesn't have a plan or that she is making it up as she goes along. Thanks to a great performance from uh, Michaela Cole, who's a a very... This is the first time I've seen her kind of properly. She's in Black Mirror. Yeah, she's been in two episodes of Black Mirror. She She was in USS Callister as the comms officer on the ship. Uh, now that's one of the episodes I haven't seen yet, which is shocking. I haven't seen all, haven't seen the Netflix Black Mirrors. Ah, yeah. and she was in another one. I can't remember which off the top of my head. Ah, but 
uh, precise. And yeah, very. I can understand why she was being talked about as a possible future Doctor ah. in Doctor Who. And since we're talking about Lewis, uh, we should mention Michael Socher, uh, who's very good at playing mm. uh, blokes. <laughs> <laughs> I like Michael Socher. He's been in stuff like Being Human and Our World War. He was good in that. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean? He, yes, he, we yeah, know what you he, mean. He plays play pokey blokes. Yeah. Pokey uh, blokes. Yeah, I, re- I was reading he auditioned to be in Misfits as well in the role of Nathan, which uh, starred his sister. Ah, uh, I can imagine that. I can imagine that. But he's got such um, a fantastic face. In the way, he's, in some ways, he's very nice. His character is the opposite of where, whereas with Lily... You often can't read her, mm. and you don't know what's going on. You always know what's going yeah. on in Lewis's mind. Oh, you do, yeah. because he's got such an expressive face. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Sometimes he'd be saying something, and his face would be saying something completely different, and you'd know <laughs> that's that's what he was really thinking. Yeah, I do enjoy that. As somebody who also has a face that says exactly what I think, no matter what I say, I really enjoy when other when you see it in other people because it's like, yeah, I know that feeling. <laughs> Sort of making up the sort of central trio, we also have uh, the alien character of Dominic, who works as a cleaner at the checkpoint. Throughout, has a, a, an unrequited uh, crush on on Lewis, and is played by Jim Howick. I know him. Oh, he's in Ghosts. Yes, he he plays the um, the cub mm. cub scout leader in that, and I think he was one of the uh, horrible histories people as well. Ah, right. But he's very funny, and his but he's funny without kind of losing the realism. Now I said earlier, it's hard to root for people, and Dominic's probably the more, more likable one. Yeah, he's one of the most sympathetic ones. Yeah. I mean, he's Although, one thing that was bugging me is why is he so weird? Because the other aliens, because he has these strange behaviours, like like he's sniffing Mike, uh, Michael, he's sniffing Lewis, and he's like, oh, it's an alien thing. But no one else is doing these things he does <laughs> or saying the weird things he does. He seems weirder than the rest of the aliens. Is he being more alien because he's actually doing what aliens would do and the other aliens are acting more human-like to try and be more accepting? Maybe. Accepted. Or is he just a weirdo? And <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Because <laughs> yeah, I noticed that's something about the aliens is they don't really have their own culture as far as we can see. They're very familiar with human culture. They they talk about things like the colour of money, Harry Potter, GTA... I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to yeah, move into that, actually, in that very surprising, actually, just how human these aliens are. We never see any alien writing or any, no. any kind. We don't actually know what their planet is called or what their race is called. No, no. And I was curious as to, I was waiting for, to be honest, for an explanation as to why it is, why they don't seem to have any kind of culture Anything. really at all i mean it's kind of briefly kind of mentioned i can't remember the character's name but she was part of the um Paulette. uh might yeah 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 and she she actually said about how the the aliens have been brainwashed thinking yeah she that, thinks that that, that they've been told something but actually they call, they call it the ark because actually there was a real reason behind it and i'm just wondering if if there was a series two, because towards the like the end of episode six, you have her kind of taking over, and uh, you know it's that 
trying trying to change the status quo and using her group to do that. I wonder if in series two it would have pushed more into the alien's history with her mm. pushing it. Well, she was the focus of all the promo stuff, the viral footage and stuff. It was her, Paulette, mm. the leader of the Alien League. And they did have an official website for the aliens, which is no longer accessible, but I found it on the way back machine, and it's alienleague.co.uk. And I discovered on it a timeline of alien events. It says 12th of April 1977 at 6.20am, the alien ship crashes into the Irish Sea. There were 383 aliens on this ship that the Alien League called the Ark, and the aliens had amnesia, no memories. But the Alien League believe don't believe that's true. They think it's they were brainwashed. The British Air Force moved them to uh, what they called hand, handling centres, which were basically internment camps in North Wales, and the aliens had to live there for a few years, and they had tests run on them, interrogations. It was not nice. Then 2nd of August, they were released by the government with a promise of equal rights, which were lies. Then throughout the 80s, they were living in human society, but due to prejudice and discrimination, up to 75% of alien males were unemployed. This led to riots, uh, humans attacking alien families, so it was the humans attacking aliens. Um, then by February 1990, the government decree segregation established Troy, moved the aliens to it, which is... 2.8 square miles big and the aliens were forced to build the wall and over 85 conscientious objectors were sent to prison because they wouldn't build the wall so a lot of detail there that's not in the show because i remember in the show you see that on the wall of the, the breakfast club the alien breakfast club what was it? alien integration 1977 and that's it and you're like i want to know more yeah in the very first scene when the school there where we were there's like 1990 on the back on the, on the back wall yeah and some other bits and pieces, but you you never really learn the history. Yeah. It's just an accepted fact, and it's like, okay, but I feel like we need to know some of yeah, this Yeah, because it was really vague just oh, 40 years ago, and it's like, okay, when when's now? And how did Lewis, you know, because Lewis is half alien, so it turns out his mum slept with an alien, and we're like, but they're in Troy. So we, we've, until I saw this timeline, it wasn't clear how all this came about and how she, his mum could have met an alien. We didn't know. No, it's it not did. Made... That, that's mentioned. It does mention that. That they suddenly got... Antoine said up. that him and his and Lewis's mother were together and then the talks of the wall came about. And so yeah. that's why then she went back to normal family because they couldn't be together and that he knew he had a, a child that was yeah. half human, half alien. There is a mention of that with Antoine saying it. Yeah, it was still a bit vague. It was still vague. It wasn't... And even the detail that the ship was crash-landed in the Irish Sea in 1977, that's not in the actual show. It's in the opening titles. And it's so fast, you have to pause it, don't you? Yeah, I, well, dear, I'm absolutely amazed because until you read it, I, <laughs> I didn't know half, well, most of that, what you've just read out. And I wish I did because that sort of answers a whole lot of questions. Well, actually, it raises a whole lot of other questions yes. as well. And I think definitely we, as as Danny says, we needed more of that in the series. And you know, in six episodes, there was more than enough space to fit in more of that detail mm. about. Because I was thinking that myself. Another is kind of the international uh, yeah. side of it. Uh, why haven't other countries, you know, wanted to take these aliens? In, into the into their own sort of uh... mm. use them as workers or anything. I mean, it, yeah, we haven't heard. You'd think at least some countries might be 
saying, can we exploit them? I don't know. Yeah, I was also wondering... Negative stuff, but, you know, still something. Yeah, and that's a problem. I was also wondering if there were any... As far as it seems, all the aliens are sort of like these benighted people living in Troy. I was wondering, it's a surprise that there aren't any... Because usually, when you have a, a minority, you usually have one or two token people who sort of in celebrities basically actors or singers or politicians or sports people who kind of come out of that community and are the sort of visible face yeah of that community and and then people use that as an excuse to say oh but they're equal it's like no Mm, exactly and that is Mm. all entirely missing and also to be a bit on the slightly political point of view it was 2016 so the UK, very much part of the EU. Why have was there no EU laws? Another obvious parallel is uh, is with the Australian transportation, of, mm. and then and that's why people have assumed these aliens have arrived in a prison ship because they've got that sort of historical model in the in their minds. Yeah. I feel like as well there's a bit of a parallel to Nazis and Jews mm. purely because gay Nazis called like was like that with Jewish people saying that they're criminals and things like that when they weren't mm. they treat them like like that but also um they were made Jewish were made yes, made to wear yellow stars to say I'm a Jew um the aliens are wearing a massive yellow band that says I'm mm. an alien and I feel mm. like there's very much that parallel going on there. Yeah, and they have a curfew to get back to Troy, isn't it? Yeah. When they leave it they're sprayed. Mm. Which is very similar to um the D-line Jewish stuff. yeah and J- Jewish um population um in, in like Germany because they were they were allowed out, they were allowed mm. out to work, but they had a curfew, they had to be back. And mm. yeah. Yeah, that yeah, it did start off with the Jews being the Jewish people being ghettoized and made you know having to wear the stars and not being able to work and all that discrimination before they finally got well taken away to camps mm. so yeah there is that's a very i mean that's a very strong image in the first episode it's that it's de- a lot. Mm. dehumanizing aspect where they're all getting sprayed with a disinfectant well even mm. the nickname for them we haven't mentioned that yet because mm. uh, everyone calls them morks which I'm assuming is referencing Mark and Mindy. I assumed that too. Yeah. That was my assumption. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Which is, uh... yeah, it's curious. I, 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 it's an interesting little bit of shorthand. Mm. Well, I was thinking because um, what's his name who wrote, created the show, Finton Ryan, he wrote in, he con- he'd wrote scripts for In the Flesh and in that they had a derogatory nickname for former zombies. They called them Rotters. Oh. So maybe he got the idea from that. Mm, it's possible. Or maybe he just knows that's what we do as a human race. We well, we label things and we nickname things. And Well, people do in District 9 as well, which is a very similar product mm. to this. They nickname the aliens prawns. I know there's definitely a, th- an ish- a theme looking at the behind-the-scenes features on the DVD. They talk a lot about going for a refugee uh, vibe to it all. Because mm. that's a current issue that they, that was happening when they were filming this and, mm. and talking about Trump and his walls. So they do reference those things. Possibly. What, what, what do you think? Is it, is it a bit too obvious? Is 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 the metaphor too sort of in your face? No, I about... didn't feel that. I just kind of it's, is what you said it is to me. And... Mm-hmm. No, I liked it. I liked the comparison. It it's a needed conversation. And yeah, it, it, and that's what sci fi is good at. It found it found that conversation needed to be talked about. It found that 
bit and found it very well, but then decided to be more about essential. I felt like it was a very, like you say, very shamelessly in the sense it felt like very much all of a sudden you've got one side of it being in us versus them political kind of thing, but then in the next breath it's just a lot of drug dealing, gang related stuff. Yeah, it's very focused on that and which. It's very Channel 4. Yeah, mm. very Channel 4, very just, I think... One thing that occurred to me was the Alien League, which started out just handing out leaflets to people to raise alien consciousness and running be- breakfast clubs just to educate them on their history and, mm-hmm. and challenge human narratives because the humans was claiming that their ship was a convict ship. But there's no evidence of that. No, no, that's an obvious... Uh sort of prejudice i mean mm. in britain i was probably british people thinking about australia you know mm. australians and so it's that they start off quite mild they're just handing out leaflets running breakfast club, and then they very quickly escalate to violence chasing after trucks mm. and ro- ro- roaming around with baseball bats smashing up things and i'm like this is a very fast escalation i'd have liked to have seen it drawn out more but it would have needed more, another series to do that because mm, because historically that does happen with the civil rights movement with suffrage because you had that with the women's suffrage you had the suffragists who just peacefully lobbied but the suffragettes are ones who just got fed up after decades of being ignored and bills being bounced back and put aside and eventually went we're going to have to resort to violence and that kind of thing happened in the civil rights movement as well you had the black panthers and different groups breaking off yeah because you had one episode where they're being really you know educational helpful trying to be the trying to change the status quo but in a, in a what you class as a good way they're, they're you know they're, they're trying to educate they're trying to better themselves mm-hmm. trying to do all this yeah. kind of thing and then the next episode it's yeah we're gonna find him and we're gonna kill him yeah because we're doing like paper mache arcs with the kids going oh paint that blue and then suddenly the next episode it's like walking around posing with a baseball bat and being like let him out, or we're going to break your knees and that kind of thing. Yeah, I kind of way understand it because I think it's always they're like there are some criminal gangs that I kind of like that they're sort of the, the in some ways it's a cover perhaps, but where they see themselves as they're protecting their community and they're providing stuff that the government mm. isn't providing. That there are examples, so I can see those two things living in in coexistence with each other. I'm glad you raised up District 9 because uh, in science there there are no original stories mm. and science fiction has previously uh, approached tr- discrimination and immigration in various uh, stories over the years and probably the most the two most obvious comparisons to the aliens is uh, District 9 and also Alien Nation so, yeah. uh, District Nine to me seems that in some ways the closer parallel. I think it is very similar because again, I mean, they chose District Nine to set that in South Africa, which I guess is because of its history with apartheid and stuff. And mm-hmm. yeah, all you're thinking it when you're watching District Nine is, "Poor aliens, couldn't you've landed anywhere else than Johannesburg?" <laughs> and how again, how awful they were being treated. But at least in that, you did get an impression from the international community that they were not happy with South Africa either in this case and how they were treating the aliens. Mm, that's okay. I was going to say, one of the ironies of District 9 is that they, the aliens are being forced to live in a ghetto and mm. parts of it were filmed in a real ghetto where uh, a lot of uh, people black, black people were, were living yeah. Yeah. at the time. It was a reference to oh, an actual name, District, which was a similar number kind of thing, like District 12, I think, or something. Mm. 
So there is that history. It happened in the 60s, 70s, where they forced people to leave the district. Yeah, I think the difference with the aliens and District 9 is District 9 is the aliens are just so alien. They have their own culture. They look different. They have a different language. Whereas the aliens, Channel 4 is the aliens. They look human. They sound human. They talk English. Mm -hmm. Adopted our culture. Because unfortunately, because of the amnesia thing, which I was not... um... Obviously, was not emphasised enough for the slower thinking viewers. You see, like myself, uh, I, I was not aware that, that I'm easier. So that's what. But I was wondering, yeah, because if it's only forty years, I was thinking, yeah, there's still people who were on that ship alive, and mm-hmm. but now, now it makes, now it makes sense. Uh, it's an interesting contrast. Uh, Alien Nation, which started life as a feature film and then became. Uh, ran for one season as a TV series and then came back for four more TV movies, had a, a very a, a different take on immigration in that the there was more integration uh, with these aliens than we saw in The Aliens. <laughs> I'm beginning to wish Channel 4 had... Uh, given it a better name. <laughs> given yeah. it a more distinctive uh, <laughs> name. But uh, in that one, that took a, a different view in that you had who the aliens who are called the the newcomers. They're referred to uh, rather more politely as the newcomers. Mm. And they, although there very obviously is a ghetto and there's plenty of prejudice about them, there is also more effort to integrate them. And they also look more visibly alien as well because mm-hmm. they look different. And they have quirks as well, like... Uh, is it milk that makes them drunk? Mm. Whereas in the aliens, they get high on uh, dishwasher powder, which they call Powerball. Mm. No, and 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 the the it's the men who become pregnant as ah, well. Yeah, I've only seen the pilot for Alien Nation. Uh, I, I do need to get back to it. It was a decent, uh, thoughtful series to me. I think it's it, the subtleness of Alien Nation. I think scores for me. It scores over. The aliens, which is can be pretty, yeah, it's not subtle. Blunt. It's, there's, there's nothing subtle about it. Every human turns out to be deeply unpleasant and prejudiced. Uh, it would have been nice to have one or two human characters who were a bit more in the middle. So another question I was wondering about is, uh, as I was saying, that, that humans in this series are all. Pretty horrible. Even his, mm, even the, his boss, the you know the the board, his you know they're all horrible. The the border guards, mm, even the chief, uh, no one's sympathetic at all. Which it's to me slightly verges away from realism, and it becomes a bit of a, a bit mm. too cartoony to some extent. Yeah, to say that every every border guard is this prejudice, hit, prejudice, hideous uh, thug. I don't know. I mean. <sighs> I agree that there'd be you think there'd be one or two that'd be a bit more sympathetic and a bit more understanding, but could it not just be that they come in day in day out, day in day out, and they become very cynical, yeah, um, very established um, in in what they do and what institutionalized in their role, mm. and they only see the bad; they're not seeing the, the good. good because mm-hmm. that's that's what they're on the lookout for all the time. They're on the lookout for aliens you know trying to do these things that that's all they're looking for that that's their mindset because that's that's kind of what they've been programmed to think like mm-hmm. 
That's actually something we haven't mentioned yet, is the aliens, one of the unique features about them is their body hair uh, can be smoked by humans to get high. Mm. It gives off a green glow, doesn't it? We haven't mentioned that, and there's a big drug trade going on in what they call fur. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, yeah, we should have, because it is one of the most significant uh, plot points of, of the yeah. series, that the alien hair is a, is a narcotic. And in a way, it's almost kind of, they've been forced almost into drug dealing because... They can't get work. They can't get work, and it's one of their few few things they can sell. As uh, Lily points out in episode two, look around you, you know, uh, can you see any schools? Can you see any factories? So there is a sense that they've almost—it's become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, I mean, look at what trusted uh, Dominic, who wanted to better himself. He's working as a cleaner, and there's a job ad vacancy going on. And Dominic applied for it, wanting to move up, and trust did a fake job interview with him just to make fun of him mm. and filmed it, and it was just really cruel and mean. And it took Lewis to intervene, and that, I think that's when Lewis did start changing a bit. At that point, mm, starting think, to speak back at them all more. Yeah, I think he sort of like crossed the line there with him, and tying in with this kind of the, the horribleness of all the human characters who work on the on the border, including the chief, who seems for a while to be one of the more reasonable ones. The uh, his Lewis's superior. She's just called Chief. Mm. in the series and then but it builds up to this this lovely moment of uh well cruelty when uh in the last episode lewis makes this impassioned speech saying you know these it's not it's not just gangsters there's lots of families and yeah. you know there's just people in there trying to get by and they're in danger and we've got to do something and the chief just says you lost me when you said people Mm. And yeah, it's just she's just the same as the rest of them at that point. The costume designer Molly Rowe, she talks about it how she they she wanted to differentiate by using color palettes to tell the two worlds apart. So the human side is all a blue palette, everything's blue and 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 grim. Whereas the alien side is deliberately colorful, and she wanted because she wanted to create a fun identity for the alien. So it's it's a bit like Corpse Bride, you know the you. The living were all grey and the dead were all colourful and bright. So it seems they've gone for that kind of approach. Mm, I did. I, I have slight problems with the, um, the... There's a feat that comes out in the interview I read with uh, Michael Socher with this sense of inside Troy, it's, life is more vibrant and kind of... Uh, Alive, which is kind of a little argument they sort of make, mm. but they can't really stick with it. Even within the series, you've got uh, as as Lewis, I think, sums up at one point when he's talking to his father and says, "Because no, actually, his father says this. He says, come on, this is like you feel alive now, don't you?'" And uh, Lewis says, "Yeah, because there's nothing more life affirming than dying in a hail of bullets." Mm. It is a bit contradictory, I guess. Like we said before, Lewis does vacillate a lot. And, you know, they're saying, yeah, the uh, alien side is more colourful and vibrant, but it's also more dangerous. And as we've said, there's no schools, no shops. There's not really any kind of functioning society. It's all lawless, which is something they talk about a lot in the behind the scenes. They said they wanted the world needed to be believable, 
they argue, because otherwise you'd lose the audience very quickly. And they also talked about it being a crime drama without the procedure because it's set in this lawless place. I just want to mention that, do you think we see, even though it's, you, you, you're seeing other characters and you're, not every scene is necessarily through through Lewis's perception, but do you not think that the show is pretty much through Lewis's eyes? Yeah. That's why you have the colourful alien world, because it's new, it's different, it's part of him that he didn't realise was part of him. That's why he's got that excitement there, because it's something that he didn't know about. Whereas the human world is just the mundane the boring the thing that he's trying to get better the fact that you know his dad's an alcoholic his sister's a drug addict mm. you know what i mean he's going to work and he's, he's he's trying to better them but no one else is helping him better the family is that maybe a reason why we see things the way we see things because he doesn't need to he's never going to interact with somebody who's from a more wealthy family he's never going to interact in that kind of side of the world so you're never going to see that part of the human world because you're only seeing it essentially from his eyes almost, and that's why the alien world is also more colourful because it's more exciting. It's something new. It's different. He also doesn't have any friends on the human side, does he? He doesn't seem to have friends at all. He doesn't. No, his, his friends become Dominic. Yeah, and he's resistant to Dominic at first. Yeah, but eventually he comes out and says, "You're my best mate." Mm. And then, in typical Lewis fashion, goes back on it. As, as, as yes. it appears that Dominic is not about to die. Dominic is fairly loyal, despite Lewis completely pushing him off a, a lot, of the, pushing him away a lot of the time. Yes, there's, there's a sort of dog-like devotion going on there. Although I guess for Dominic, it must be the most exciting thing that's happened to him in a long time. Cause... And perhaps because he he's not a criminal alien yeah. in, in how he is, he's probably thinking, well, he... I'm wanting to be friends with with a human, and he probably might understand the the hurdles that the society have put in place for Lewis, and he's just letting him come to terms with it in his own terms. Mm. He might be more forgiving that way. In the behind-the-scenes documentary, they were talking about how Lewis and Dominic were meant to be like the odd couple, and they were going for this buddy dynamic with them. Yeah, and I know, because Dominic does a lot of the driving in this, and you notice how all the cars and stuff they have is really old. They're all cars from, like, decades ago, aren't they? Mm. And which brings me on to something I wanted to mention, which is they're all wearing shell suits, which are obviously, I guess, rejects, hand-me-down, second-hand, or whatever people, what people in Britain don't want. And it just reminded me, because they, they're all dressed like... Um, Nico Bellic and Co. in GTA 4, like all the Russians and Slavic mm. gangsters, and the shell suits, which may be deliberate because this, they do seem to be a bit of, like misfits, seem a bit obsessed with GTA. Because in every episode and in the opening titles, you see a GTA game, uh, San Andreas, and it's just showing a. The, no one's actually seems to be playing it. It's just showing the. It's just showing the main character on the beach. It's not even showing the main characters, just from the it's main character's the, eyes. Yeah, it's from literally the, a beach. Yeah, it's just a beach. <laughs> yeah. And they just watch it all day. That is quite a, a, a very striking scene. That's one of my, I think, one of my favourite scenes, that. I think that mm. it shows, in some ways, the utter poverty that they are in, both literal and sort of cultural. Mm-hmm. So this is considered one of their most tranquil places. And it's like, I'd like say, just watching... This view of the view of the ocean from Grand Theft Auto Four. Mm. Uh, in fact, there's a bizarre sense that they've kind of that Grand Theft Auto Four has been their 
Bible. It's their main mm. way of learning about, it seems, human civilization almost. Mm. Yeah, because one thing we haven't mentioned is the gangs, because in um, a big plot point in the aliens is we've got uh, the Troy is being run by a gang which deals in fur and it's run by this guy called Fabian and he's total, I guess, gangster wannabe and he's doing that whole lifestyle mm-hmm. thing of drugs and sex and stuff, having orgies. And then Lewis finds out his dad's an alien. He's in prison. He's called Antoine Berry, played by Michael Smiley, and breaks him mm-hmm. out and he's basically Fabian's rival gang leader. This starts a, When he comes back, it starts a gang war. Christian Gravel, who plays uh, Fabian, is a fine comic monster. Yeah. And that uh, he's initially, because he seems a bit of an idiot, really, he, he initially he can seem quite funny in his way, and then he'll do something hideously violent to yeah. someone. And in, and one of the revelations that he's, his way of bringing up his son is is. They have a daily paintball session where he fires paintballs at his son to try and toughen him up. Uh, that's another kind mm. of striking scene, and he's uh, he's he, he's a sort of horrible monster. And 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 certainly initially, Antoine seems like the better bet because he's Michael Smiley plays him very calm all the time, and he seems quite full. Of, philosophical kind of vibe. He also seems to... He gives off this vibe of he's in control of the situation all the time. Mm. He knows what he's doing. Even though he makes out at first he doesn't want to get back into that stuff. He he does. and Mm. He just seems to have that vibe of he knows what he's doing and he gets them out of these situations all the time. I really like Antoine, but that's because I'm biased and I like Michael Smiley quite a lot. <laughs> I think he's a great actor. Um, but yeah, I, I very much what Rebecca said. Um, he has this level of control. He knows what he's doing. Like you say, it, you give him a task, the job will get done. He, you know, there's no, there's no mess with him. There's no, you know, kind of thing. Whereas Fabian, like you say, has a very almost chaotic, doesn't really know what he's doing, like vibe about him. Like kind of just stumbles into it rather than has a clear plan um i like that there's that thing like you say it's very gta it's very much probably is what they they've mm-hmm. without them saying it i probably is what they've actually learned for human interaction mm-hmm. yeah i was just thinking actually because i just remember now yeah antoine reminds me of some gta characters because in gta 4 you've got Dwayne who comes out of prison and because people think uh, people who don't play GTA think it's glamorizing violence, and anyone who's played GTA knows it isn't. Because the characters you play in it, encounter in it, they don't have often don't have happy endings. Characters you play might will probably get killed in later games, and it can be quite shocking and brutal. Because you're like, oh my god, that character spent all those hours with just it's just died. My GTA observations of the the beach, and it's a sad fact that. Um, they're enclosed into this ghetto they can only go out to work and that the only place they'll ever actually experience a beach is watching it on a projected screen yeah. from a video game. And mm. they actually, like I say, the, the, that thing that like you said about tranquility before mm. and the peace, there is that moment in there when they're, they're all there and they're having a bit of a uh, an argument and you, you actually see one of the background characters turning around and look at them and say, shut up, <laughs> this is meant to be peaceful. Mm. Uh, it, it is quite sad and harrowing, really. I think that's what they're. That's, yeah. that's that's normal for them. That is quite tragic. Well, fairly 
sad and tragic. Looking back, we, one area we haven't really covered back in the uh, the wider world outside Troy is uh, is Lewis's family. In the first episode, when he refers to his family and he's talking to Lily on the webcam, he describes them as they're just a bunch of horrible people. And early on in the series, you'd be tempted to agree with him. Uh, yeah, I mean, especially Holly, because she's a total drug addict, a junkie and a dealer at the beginning. And she's it's her dealings that go wrong that triggers all these events that happen. And I... she just seems like you're not convinced she can get clean, but she does. She does actually make an effort. So you do start liking her. And there's stuff unresolved about her because she, get, she gets arrested. She gets busted on a drug deal. Mm-hmm. And of all the characters, she probably goes on the most, the biggest journey uh, emotion that she starts off. Yes, yeah, this utterly self-centered character who's, uh, in some ways, rather like Lily. She's trying to use other people, but uh, she's not very good at it, and uh, which is why she ends up losing everything ultimately. Yeah, like a son. There's a, quite a funny bit in the first episode. When it looks like that all three of them are going to be killed, execution style, by some gangsters. And she makes the plea that uh, you should let one of us go to kind of spread a message. Uh, you know, like myself. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but by the end of it, she actually does quite a noble thing in, in keeping his secret. Uh, Lewis's secret, yeah. Mm. So she ends up going to prison. Well, she's got the prospect of going to prison. Mm. And and, you, and I did feel sort of sorry for her in the in the scene where she's trying to talk to her estranged son, you know, even though quite understandable why she's he's been taken off her because uh, her parenting skills aren't the greatest, but uh, you still can't help but feel for her when she's trying to talk to him and he's just kind of brushing her off. He's not even really paying attention to her at all. He's too busy because she's tra- trying to talk to him through a chain link fence and he's at school I think and mm-hmm. playing football and he's just not registering she's there to be honest I, he does register she's there she's he's ignoring her mm. because because of the way she is he's probably just thinking she's an embarrassment and I don't want to know don't want anything to do with you oh yeah she was even taking drugs in front of him and she's like oh he doesn't know what it is and again I think this is a nice little bit of written we sort of have an idea of, in a way why she is become the person she has become is because uh, their their human dad uh, well Lewis's human dad her real dad is not that great on the parenting either he has his own problems uh, hard to say because he is he was supportive of his kids yeah you could tell he loved his kids yeah but at the same time he was a very troubled man himself he was an alcoholic yeah. And there's no real reason, like, you're never given an actual reason why he's an alcoholic, you know, what's caused it. I mean, there's the assumption of the fact that his wife dies, but you don't know when she dies. No, no. And uh, Or what she dies of. I think uh, there was a scene towards the end when he's meeting Holly and visiting in prison, and she's asked for him for clothes to help her prepare for a court date, and she's like, it's just a bag full of socks. He says, that's clothing. Yeah, like... He's an inept father, like he's just inept at the job, but he still cares. He Mm. still wants to put the effort in, he just doesn't know how. 
Mm. Yeah. Although Holly does mention that growing up, they were always her, the parents were always talking about Lewis being special. Lewis is a special child. He's going to be important and stuff. But, but they never. I don't know. Maybe she feels a bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, to some shadow. To some extent, she is uh, an unreliable narrator. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, I think in the case of Niall, it's not that he's, he's not bad man. He's but no. he, he he's just that he's a weak man, unfortunately, because of his alcoholism and his general chaotic approach to life. As a result, there's that uh, scene where he sees Lewis being threatened by Fabian, and he just kind of quietly disappears. You get the thing after. Um... Lewis finds out about he his biological dad is an alien and everyone's talking about him breaking him out and meeting him and Lewis is resistant to that and he starts to try and do some bonding with Niall, his human dad, and it doesn't go so well because they do a, go shopping together and play games and it's... And again, Lily Hawk shows up and totally distracts him while from attention from his dad. While mm. he's in the middle of that and leaves him. Mm. Well, darkly funny bit that at one point Lily turns up at Lewis's house mm. and uh, introduces herself as Lewis's girlfriend uh, to to Niall's amazement because, as he said, I think he says something like, "Because because uh, she is completely out of your league." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't know what you're doing with this guy. <laughs> I just love the face on it, Louis has uh, that Michael Soker's doing. It's it's just this kind of disbelief, but also, gosh, he's here. He's, he's just quiet the whole time. Everything is done with his eyes. Mm. I love that moment. Yeah, he's he's very good at, at expressive mm. acting. He knows how he knows how to 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 act with his face. He he uses his entire face. Doesn't say a word, but yet. You go through a range of emotions with him and you know exactly what's going on. Yeah. This goes from disbelief to, gosh, is here, what's her game? Are we really doing this? Mm. And, 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 like, just his, his, you can tell, like, everyone's eating and he's just there, like, going, really? Really? But he's not saying it, but his face <laughs> is saying it. <laughs> yeah, it's a good scene. Turning away from the, from the characters, that as, as a production, I think it's a pretty good-looking production. Mm. What, 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 what do you... What... Yeah, I, I like the... Um, it's like they, they filmed a, in for the for Troy. That was filmed in Bulgaria in a set that's to, normally used for to stand in for New York, according to the special features. And they said they had to remove all the uh, New York paraphernalia just so it looks almost... European almost or something, you know, with these kind of... I must of... admit, whilst I was watching it, whenever I watched Troy, I did think it felt very American. Mm. And it did throw me sometimes, because I was like, these roads feel American. I was like, I know it's British, Britain, and it's in Britain, and it's, it's meant to be in London, and they've got British cars, but I was like, it feels very, very American. So I, I, I know what they're saying about how they had to change it, because it felt believable, but it still felt American. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and the cast was saying in the behind the scenes extras how they loved the set. That it was, you know, solid, proper buildings, and not for something you could fall over if you leaned on it. And how all the buildings had full networks of rooms and stuff, and you could just go off exploring and finding stuff. The, the directors on the series were Lawrence Goff and Jonathan Van Tulliken. And uh, both experienced uh, TV directors, both before and after. I was interested to find out, actually, that Lawrence Goff directed a couple of Doctor Who uh, episodes. Oh, which uh, ones? He directed uh, the, the pilot 
and Smile. So, oh. With starring Peter Capaldi. And both, Bill Mackey. Mm, and yeah, and both uh, very striking uh, striking episodes. Mm. Uh, Good looking episodes. Whilst uh, whilst Jonathan Val Tolkien uh, was a, a veteran of misfits amongst uh, Makes sense. Many, other, mm. uh, many other shows. So yeah, the action sequences uh, are well done. Uh, all all the shootouts so uh, usually kind of quick yeah. uh, brutal affairs they don't go in for big it's more it's that trying to keep it realistic so mm. it's sudden sharp moments especially of... with antoine michael smiley with the shotgun it'd just be swing round bang done that's it there's a striking moment when he first returns to troy and the would be assassin kind of tries to jump in the car and he sort of stabs him and throws him out and and then he just goes back to being very calm. Yeah, and there's the stuff in the factory as well, and when uh, Antoine has to save Lewis, and that's some good stuff going on there, and they're having to the shooting out, and they're getting upstairs to a storeroom, and having to get back out again, and flipping yeah. tables and stuff. And it's definitely it's a very good location used. Mm. Due to uh, low ratings and... Uh... Oh, before we go on to that, I just oh, wanted yeah. to mention, yeah. you know, when we're talking about production, I was just thinking, you know what, it reminds me of when those bits, when the scenes, because to get into Troy, the border, it's going down a tunnel. It gives off, a, it reminds me of the city and the city. Ah, now that's, I, that's the one I've, I, I don't know about you, Daniel, that's one I've not seen. Don't even know what it is. Uh, it's a. It's got. It's a. <laughs> it was a drama with David Morrissey in it about the city that's divided and David Morrissey. again to, to access, a, you know, legally access the other side of the city. You've got to go down a tunnel and sim, very similar kind of setup. It looks just like it. Ah, oh, I was kind of. I was. I think I started watching it. I don't think I was in the right mood for it. Mm. So I think I kind of gave up halfway through the first step. And in the city, in the city, the. Both halves of the city have different colour palettes as well, just like in this case. Ah, interesting. Mm. So you always know which side you're on. It's all fascinating. Don't don't let me stop you. <laughs> At, um, ultimately, the aliens did not make much of a splash at the time, as we talked about at the uh, top of the episode, and low ratings and seemingly not having any champions at E4 meant it only lasted one season as now that we've watched it where where we think uh, a second season might have gone it ends on a partially resolved but also a bit of a cliffhanger mm. so i was wondering have you any thoughts where would you have liked if you were sort of overseeing a second season if i was overseeing a second season i would have had the like the alien league people um mm. essentially revolt like get the get the aliens to revolt against the humans and try and get out of that system because they were trying to change the status quo they were trying to yeah. better themselves and educate themselves and be better and be respected and be treated better and i feel like it it would have been nice to see them try and push that and had a full on like revolution yeah and it'd have been nice to have found out if if they did a second series to find out something more about who they were, where they came from, why did they have an amnesia, or was it amnesia? I think that that's where I would have liked to have up to the science fiction element of it. Uh, a little, not a huge amount. I don't need them to suddenly be producing phasers and no. or 
other strange alien powers, but it might have been interesting to have discovered a bit more about their origins. And, and where's the ship? That's it. Does the ship exist? I think that would have been an interesting thing if they. Mm. I think that could have been a plot if they had found evidence that the ship still existed mm. somewhere, yeah. hidden in a, in a British uh, Area Fifty One somewhere. Yeah, because in District Nine, the, the South Africans are all like studying all the ship uh, weapons and stuff they got from the ship because mm. they're all. That's what they're bothered about. It's the weapon technology and things. So, imagine, surely the. But it landed, it crashed into the sea, and this was 1977, so I don't know how. It could be, it could have been perhaps, in fact, that could be a start, perhaps they've only just managed to raise it. I'd like to know if there were, like, any human campaigners. Mm, that was something I thought was a, a bit missing, that there was nobody, yeah. Yeah, which I think goes back to my theory on that you, what you're seeing is through Lewis's eyes, you are seeing the world through his eyes, because you only ever see the human side through his eyes so it would be nice to see like say other characters and other aspects that we haven't seen that include like say you know campaigners from both sides and see I'd, I'd just like them to have integrated the world better like I don't feel like it was that believable at times like who are they mm-hmm. do you know what I mean like we didn't have the history lesson you mm. know what I mean like some of what Rebecca set out had to be found on her website which yeah, when you're watching a TV series, well, a lot of people aren't going to look at that. That was no. the problem with Alien Covenant as well. Because mm-hmm. I remember there was stuff in it where it just seemed like plot holes, and afterwards people saying online, oh no, there was like a mini film you had to watch on such and such a website you've never heard of before. <laughs> and I was so annoyed, I still not watched it. I think I will eventually, but at the time I was just like, I shouldn't have to seek something like that out to understand what's going on in a film in the cinema. Mm. As, as long as she was still interested in doing it, I think I would have still have Lily in it. Oh, yeah. 100%. Well, she's kind of ended up as the top gangster now in the... Mm. She's running the show at the end. Well, it, although it did cliffhanger with her... Because, what is it, the Alien League had broken and were... Mm. Yeah, then she, she video messages Lewis as if to say, come save me. And but, again, just like... is, but again, is that her playing him? Mm. Well, that's the thing, because he's just kind of got that look of... Oh, here we go. Never ends. <laughs> yeah. It would be interesting to see what her gain was from doing what she was doing mm. there. Because, of course, with both Fabian and Antoine being killed, that's left a big power vacuum. Mm. Another thing was the way... Because uh, Louis was seen when Antoine was on back in Troy. Everyone was, like, greeting him and saying hi, all the normal people on the streets. And they bridged the gap where the government doesn't... and. That probably works in the disenfranchised areas because, yeah. well, the disenfranchised, they, they don't feel like the government feels like they care about them. They don't feel part of a community, but that community does care about them and yeah. will care about their community. Because I, th- I got that vibe from Antoine that the local people saw him that way because he wasn't psychotic like Fabian. Like when uh, one of the plot points midway through the series is Fabian's son, who's obviously trying to earn his father's respect, sneaks into Antoine's turf to kill him and he's, he gets scared and... Antoine's like, it's okay, it's okay. We'll, we'll take you back home. And he doesn't hurt him or anything. Whereas Fabian would have probably mm. done it if, if it had been the other way around. That's it. Fabian is ultimately a bit one-dimensional. All he's got is a big stick, mm. basically. That's how Not just it. a big stick, as we learn. <laughs> would you like to... Uh, uh, yeah, uh, there's, aside from... The, the, as we said before, the aliens look like humans, but they do have one anatomical difference. They have very large phalluses, which... Being Channel 4, it's not going to shy away from showing that to you in the final episode. 
That's <laughs> it's Channel Four. I'm fine. <laughs> I don't think I have anything to add to that. No, really. and on that bombshell. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think we've come to our, our final thoughts. Would you like to begin, Danny? Yeah, I enjoyed the series. I wish they'd done another one. Yeah. Um, I do feel like they lacked in in I'm gonna call it world building. You just they did lack on the world building front. What mm. you know, we didn't get enough of the history. We didn't get what made them different, really. You know, why are they so similar to humans? Like, like I say, the, the culture they're the same, the behaviourally the same. It's just like, well, let's make them different. Was it on purpose so that it makes people think that because it was talking about the refugee crisis? Yeah. And it's meant to come, you know, be a parallel to that, perhaps. But at the same time, it could have been maybe done a bit better. But I did still enjoy it. And I am saddened that they didn't do a second series because I would like to have seen where they would have taken it. Yeah. So I'd like to have seen where how Lewis's story would have developed and with Holly as well because she, you know, I felt like mm. that was unresolved. It was, we don't know what's happening to her. Mm. And last time we saw her, she was shouting at the dad, Niall. And she also dropped, sorry, she dropped that bombshell saying your son's a half, half mock. <laughs> and he obviously he didn't know and he's very prejudiced. So we haven't really seen where that's gone. So there's obviously that stuff to go into. Mm. Yes, that well, that is an unresolved point. It would have been definitely picked up. Yes, and I, I think it it is a, a worthwhile series. I, I I would have liked more of the alien. If if it, if it's if it's a, if it's a series called the Aliens, uh, I think it should have played to that a bit more and had a little bit more, as you say, that world building part of it. But as a comedy thriller set in the world of gangsters and lowlifes, it works very well. Mm. Um, I've not kept a list of all the quotes, but it's, it's often quite a funny series. Yeah. And it's that mm-hmm. kind of droll British black humour. Very well played by everybody. And yes, I think a second season might have matured it. into, And it, it might well have, have found found its uh, its audience. Again with the audience thing, because the, in the behind-the-scenes extra, they're talking about it being a crime drama mm. without the procedural aspects of it, but that does not come across in the promos yeah, at no. all. I wouldn't even say it comes across in the series. I wouldn't no, class it as I'd a... Never think, you know, I, it, hasn't, it didn't occur to me till that feature came up that it was a crime drama at all. Like, don't get me wrong, yeah, it's gangsters, and oh, yes, yeah, there's the... drugs and, and drug dealing and things like that, and yes, there's crime. I mean, there's even a part where there's, there's a drug like a hitman as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, fair enough to all that, and it is crime, but not one iota that makes me think it's a crime drama. I want to thank Danny Ray and Rebecca Ray for joining me today for, uh, to talk about the aliens, and thank you for all your insights. And what's, I'm curious to know about what's going to be your next project now, now that the uh, the Tripods cast has wrapped. Uh, we are going to be doing a new podcast. Yep. Um, accumulated, accumulated, I don't know that's the word I'm looking for, accumulated from um, I said something in an episode and it was I don't do sci-fi, which... Sorry, sci-fi people. Um, but that's the point. The point's going to be that I get barraged with lots of sci-fi films, yep. TV shows, books, video games. It'll be 
my reactions on them, but also with other people defending them. So. Yes, we'll have guests occasionally. And I also have some surprises in mind for John as well, some sci-fi he will have encountered because he doesn't, he's not really aware of the world of sci-fi in the realm of video games. Yeah, so speaking of John, uh, John is up. For those who haven't listened to Tripodcast, he's our co-host on Tripodcast and he's guested a few times on Gareth's podcast. Mm-hmm. You uh, might well have heard him talking about the Nightmare Man and Outcasts. Yeah, so I've got some surprises for John as well. So it's, good. it's partly inspired by podcasts like Never Watch Trek and blogs like Adventures with the Wife in Space, where you've got people who've never watched Doctor Who before and or Star Trek and getting them to watch it and see what the reactions are and... I just find that kind of thing interesting, getting perspectives from people who aren't necessarily in, in a part of that kind of community. That sounds excellent. And I shall be putting a link to the Tripods cast at the bottom of the notes for this episode as well. So, well, we're recommended. Thank you, Gareth. And yeah, thank you thank for you. having us on the show. Yes, thank you very much. If you'd like to find out more about the aliens or this podcast, you can follow the link to our website, find us on our Facebook page, or on Twitter at FuturesVery. If you have thoughts about the aliens, or you'd like to suggest future programmes for us to cover, you can also email us at VeryBritishFutures at gmail.com. Don't forget, we also have an affiliate page on bookshop.org with listings of books about what we discuss or which have been written by guests. Thank you for listening. Until next time, from Rebecca Ray, Danny Ray, and myself, it's goodbye. Very British Futures is hosted and produced by Gareth Preston, with thanks to Kevin Hiley for technical help. Music by Chattery Art. You can hear more of his music at chatteryart.bandcamp.com.